I'm 27 and I got a different taste in women. Like I love older women, like cougars. Like I swear, cougars they just put you on stuff that me as a young dude I never thought I'd watch, like Dateline and Chicago PD and shit. Like they they cook you good home cooked meals like rutabagas and Brunswick stew, chicken and dumplings and shit like that. Like I promise you, you take a cougar home, get her naked, that pussy start talking to you like tales from the crib. Good evening, kitty. So nice of you to slide in. Motherfuckers hit you with some shit you ain't never heard. We've been waiting for you. Like, bitch, who the fuck is we? Shake it like a script or tighten up. I know, right? Uh, when I decided to be a comedian, well, I mean, I had a teacher at second grade that would let me tell jokes at the end of the day if I shut up. So I knew about comedy, but, I mean, I didn't choose it as a profession much later. For real? Yeah. What about you, Doug? What's the question? <laughs> when did you decide you wanted to be a comedian? <laughs> Probably around about there, I guess. When I knew I went about eighth grade. Eighth grade? I knew. Eighth you get kicked out of class and shit. Did Probably. you know what comedy was? Did you know what stand up comedy was, though? Yeah, I studied saying. everything. I was super smart. Still is. I studied the art of stand up. That's what I, I thought was most impressive about you when, when like, you, you do the thing with the, uh, the presidents. Yeah. And I was like impressed how smart you was. Because people, people don't know comedians be smart as hell. And that's what I know about comics is that they're smart. Yeah. And a lot of people don't. I know that there's two things I know about comics. They're smart and they are crazy. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all that. All that. Yeah. It started with me. My mom used to um stay sick all the time. And I was just used to do little funny stuff to make her laugh. She was like, bring my little comedian in here. What, what kind of sick was she was? She had a hole in her heart. Oh, so shit. at a very, very young age, my mom passed away at 30. So she I, I used to always go in ICU. They were like, let her through. And I was just going there to make the nurses and shit laugh. And I'm like, oh, my God. I like to How see old my, were you? I was only seven then. Wow. So to see my mama laugh and to see the nurses and stuff laugh, it made me feel good. Like, we ain't all got to be sad. So as I got older, I truly believe laughing was like medicine. It made people feel good. Like, you be You got to talk with your hands like that? Yeah, it made me feel <laughs> I make them feel? <laughs> it made my older cousins pay attention to me. Oh, really? It made them give a, give a fuck about me. Like, okay. My older cousins never used to be like, man, get your stanky piss out of me. That funny. Look, watch what he finna say. It was just, it was, it was cool. It was fans, man. Like, Plus, okay, good. I'm gonna say this, like even when I did study comedy, like I said, I I always wanted mm-hmm. eighth grade, I wanted to do it. Ninth grade class clown. When I got in the game, that's when I learned how to do it. I didn't know nothing. Just cause mm-hmm. I studied and knew what right. I thought. You still gotta do it. I had to do it, and that's when I ran into the real comedians like that was class clowns too. You know, yeah. it's like going right. to college. Yes, they were very true. running to the very people true. that were also funny in the eighth grade. I mean, when you, when you talk about family, like like I just won over members of my family. Mm-hmm. It's people in my family mm. that, that, that that just start best with me. Like, like, cause cause they saw me. You know, of course, when I was nappy headed, right. on the porch. You know, Mookie. You know, that's my nickname, Mookie. Mookie. So so when I was Mookie? when I was Mookie, they still like Mookie ain't funny. Who told that nigga he was funny? Mookie. And so and so. It was maybe last year and one of my cousins came to see me live and he was like, nigga, you funny. I'm like, nigga, you just found it out. I've been doing comedy be like that, for though. a living for 20 like years. That. My family the same way. Your name, your nickname Mookie, my nickname mm-hmm. Stank back home in Mississippi. Stank. So, I mean, when I it's funny when I'm around my family. I ain't okay. stanking them. No, no, but no, real talk though. What? Yeah, something like that. Every time they change my diaper. But no, no. 
When my family first came to my comedy show, they was like, oh my God, Stank, I can't believe you up there telling jokes to strangers and you don't act like, you just act like, you don't act like this. You make us laugh, but you don't actually be performing like that. I'm like, well, I get on stage, I got a job to do. Right. You know what I'm saying? These people don't know me. Y'all know me. So it's it's a little different for y'all. But now every time they come on, you better have a show. We need to come to a show. But they really just be trying to get to niggas like you and this nigga right here. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't did shit yet. I ain't did shit. So what was what was a very rewarding moment or point in your career? Like when you was like, okay, like this comedy shit might be working. I mean, I think you have many moments like that. Some moments, like... My, one of my biggest moments was I had I done the, the uh, Bay Area Comedy Competition, and I met Cedric the Entertainer's role manager. And not Eric, not Eric, uh, KB. KB, okay. I met KB, and uh, KB was like, yo, man, I'm going to hook you up with Cedric. So after Cedric did the Kings of Comedy, he took myself, Duval. J.J. Williamson, Leon, Prescott, right. Leon. He took a bunch of us on the road. And um, he said, I'm, I'm going to call you, man. And in my mind, I was like, this boy, he ain't going to call me. Wow. And he called. And I got a chance to go on the road with Cedric. I had two dates. So the way the, the, way the tour would go, you would, I always say this, Sid showed us the possibilities. Sid showed us, like, the first class accommodation. You know, which as a comic, you don't see that. You know, you know? It's, it's bad hotels. It's, right. it's maybe no room. And so, Sid had a, a sedan come to your door, pick you up at your crib, Inglewood, wow. California, three-bedroom apartment. <laughs> I had a sedan pull up to Osage Avenue to pick up Roddy Perry. And I was like, wow. my family came out. They was like, oh, they said a car for you. So, it was a big deal. And so, and we, we was flying like he was flying. We were staying in all nice hotels. And so, first gig, Detroit, Michigan. I go up. I have a. I have. A, I have a really good set. And the thing about comedians, you don't exist till we see you. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. like so. Said it spoke to me, but he ain't really speak to me yet. He was like, "Yo, you know, I don't know, homeboy, funny." And then he saw me. He was like, "Yo, you funny." You know, and it, that that's when it started to develop our relationship. And so, so that date we did that day, and then we tour bus to the next city. And so I was on a tour bus. I never forget. I'm on a tour bus. Sid and Jalen Rose is friends, right? So Jalen Rose is riding on the tour bus with us. It, we we playing Madden on the tour bus. I'm a Madden player. So we're on the tour bus. I'm playing Jalen Rose and Madden. Jalen Rose is handling me, but I can, I'm scoring. And so it got down to the to the uh, last play of the game. I got to either kick the ball or go for two. And I go for two, and I scored a two-point conversion, win the game. And Jalen Rose like, Rodney Perry, see, niggas, see, nigga, I ain't mad that you beat me. I'm mad that you went for two, and you ain't think about it. <laughs> and But that two was the moment. So I, I did that day, did Indianapolis the following day. Good show on both of those days. And as I'm going home, I had my little two-way, the flip two-way, not the, not the sky pager, the little bullshit, the, the little blue shit. And I was like, yo, hey, man, thanks for the gig. And they was like, yo, can you do next week? And that opened up the gates to do like 20 dates that summer. Damn. And this dude, Mark Howard, his dad had passed away. And so he couldn't take the gig. Mark Howard. Yep. And light-skinned Mark. Light Mark Howard. His dad passed away that weekend, so he couldn't take the gig. And I took that the second weekend, which really solidified me in the Cedric world. 
And wow. um, and then I, I got to work all the I went back and won the contest the following year. Damn, I'm sure y'all got a lot of stories. You already know, Rodney. Heart of the City was a big moment for me. Right. That was, oh my God, it was so amazing. And shout out to Joe West. He was so humble. You right. know, I auditioned, and I feel like I didn't do my best. You know, I called you, and I was just like, Damn. You was bad. <laughs> No, cause they, cause they they, they was like they was like so I was like jokes. I was like give her another shot, and and they gave you another shot, and you went you was able to go out there and really do your thing. Well, it was a learning experience for one doing an audition, cause when I called you, you was like, how many jokes did you tell? How much stage time they gave you? And I didn't even think that that mattered. I'm like, why is Rodney asking me that? I'm like, I told him about eight jokes in five. Too minutes. Too many jokes in, in a short time. Short amount <laughs> and time. for me, it was like I want to let know him know I'm funny. I was just like, damn, I, I just want to let him know I was funny. But, man, when Joey just sat down, he was like, look, you from Mississippi, man. He was like, you you aggressive. He was like, you know how to sing? He was asking me all them questions. I was just like, no. But he just gave me this deep-ass talk. I was just like, oh, my God. He was like, these cameras rolling, Comedy Central is here, blah, blah, blah. Kel going to be right back here. We going to be sitting back here. And I'm like, okay, okay. I don't know. It was like I had went out to my mama's grave because I ain't been in years. And it was just like this amazing energy over me. And I'm like, okay, just cover me. God, convert my little nervousness into energy and let's rock this shit. Right. Still to this day, that is the best comedy set I have ever had in my life. Do you have that on tape? Yes, I do. And then at the end, Joy and them came up to me and was like, what the fuck? Like, you Why ain't you ain't do that on audition? <laughs> they was like, you could have actually like been on the shit. But I'm like, hosting was the best part. Why? Because y'all got to see me. All throughout the night. It was like no regret. And then when I was like, can I meet Cam? Can I meet Cam? They was like, you feeling sick? I'm like, please let me talk to this nigga. I go, he was like, yo, you a fucking rock star. Give me this shit. Let's take this picture. And I'm like, okay. Like, it was a good night. And my that was the first time my brother ever saw me perform. He came all the way down from Arkansas. And it was just an amazing moment. But... After that, when the mayor called me in Yesu City, was like, you doing some big things, ain't it, Stank? I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> the mayor called you Stank? Yeah. <laughs> I'm oh, like, man. oh, my God. This is amazing right here. So that's when I knew. Then I got booked at home. They had the limousine service and shit for me. I'm like, y'all doing too much. God damn. But that was one of the best moments. Mm -hmm. What was one of the moments for you, Dub? Yeah. Nigga had a yeah. lot of them moments. No, shit. This comic view, period, man. Comic view. When I moved to Atlanta... You know, I'm one of them guys that be talking. I talk a lot of shit I always have. And I just like, just leaving high school. As soon as I graduated June 601, I was like, I'm going to do comedy. I got it. Because that was the big thing. That was the thing. Smiling, yes, sir. Hosting. And it was big. Bruce had not did it yet. And they had already taped the New Orleans, but I hadn't came on TV yet. Okay. So when I, Yolanda Bugs, you remember her? Yes, 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 yes. It's quite a little raspy voice. Yeah. yeah. Like this is like a maybe like nine months in us doing stand up. Period. Coming out of Mississippi, I was coming out of Tennessee, and you know I was just like just wanted to do stand up. Like nine, ten months. She like, you want to do comedy? I'm like, yeah. She leave me and I'm gonna call you. I just walked on stage. I went audition. I was just did a guest spot at Uptown. Oh wow! I was coming in to set up to watch. But I went up first. Got it. I just went up. You know I used to be at Uptown like a little rat, like Jay Louis like fucking Dave Spain right here. Scope yeah. told me get the fuck away from there. He yeah. tired of me. Yeah, so like that. And then that was the breaking. <laughs> that was it. Once I was out there with Damon William, Shane, and Zoo Man, I'm out there. And we, that's when they did the city of Chicago. Yes, sir. And everything yep. it was Caliente season. That was a good. That was a breakout season for me too. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Boy, so once they, once they, uh, once they. 
once I did come, if you, you know, you come from Chicago, but I was coming from Memphis, not even Memphis, from Mississippi, like a small right. town in Cleveland. Right. You know where it's at. Hey, you, people can't even fathom what Comic View, like for I you to even want to be on Comic View was a big deal. I always deal. thought that if you were from Chicago, New York, Atlanta, you don't know what I'm talking about. I was like, bro, because like I'm from like the dusty ass road town on Color Purple. So, and I was like, to even, so that's why I was kind of, I used to be angry at motherfuckers because I, I, I was trying, I was on my way, I was at a destination. Got it, I was got it. trying to get over here somewhere or whatever. I feel you. And, and that was the breaking Comic View. Everything else, it's cool. Like you know, I guess that virginity that broke it. And yeah, did the TV, yeah. comic view, man. So, so when it aired, did it change your life? Did you like when when you do comic view and it airs? What's different the next day for you? Yeah. Well, the thing about it, it didn't air. It just pretty much showed them little cuts. It was the year of the, the, the snippets. Yes, it was the year of the snippets. So they showed that. Which people, my classmates, which I wasn't out of high school a year, they all saw that. Oh, that was enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you the real deal. You're a comedian. Yeah, I was a real deal comedian within a year of my graduating high school. So, did you, did, I'm sure we probably all had this experience. When you had that first big break, everybody asked you, well, what's next? What's next? You don't even really know, you don't but know you what's just next. like, No, I, I knew because I had already read up on everything. I had already talked to motherfuckers like, you know, I had already drove people down. They said twenty years already, so I knew the people that was asking just didn't know shit. They didn't know. They didn't have a better wow. question. <laughs> right, right, I right. Knew it all wow. Yeah. Like, so what's next? I was like, well, I used to have an attitude with them. Right. I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and they were like, I'm just trying to. I'm like, nothing. They walk off and leave where they stand. They never understood why I didn't want to talk to them. Right. Because right. I knew from the beginning that this would be a marathon. I knew I would be forty. Even when I was nineteen, twenty, I knew I would be doing this. The time I've been on Earth already at that point, I knew I'd be doing that much more time again. And stand up, and I read the stories. Yeah, people can seen the biography. Yeah, I, I, history, I history, history don't lie. It don't lie, yeah. and it don't lie. If they, I just knew that I wouldn't. And when they was talking about, well, you know, Eddie and this, Eddie and this, I was like, well, I guess. I ain't never been no type of Eddie. I ain't never scored a touchdown in high school, so I ain't never had no. I ain't never had no fame come on. Right, right. Anything I ever got. You had to work for it. I didn't expect for them to come pick me up. Take me nowhere. I knew it was going to be a grind, a respected grind. Comic View, man. Like, I I was talking to you. You mentioned Joey Wells. And, you know, when he started talking about doing Heart of the City, and he was like, man, he said, he was just saying that. And I I told him, I said, Joey, you live in the Kevin Hart bubble. Right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, you gotta understand, it ain't like it was. You know, we had we had several TV shows. You know, we had Comic View. We had, um, I mean, black shows that showcase comedians. Def Jam. It, it was a point in black comedy where it was you can be on maybe doing a, a single calendar year. You might get on TV three times. Apollo was doing. A Apollo was doing comedian. So. so it was wow. like it was that, and she and loved. now it kind of don't exist no more. So ain't, ain't ain't a whole lot of television, and so what, what I was telling like, dude, it, it's different. And Comview was, you knew that Comview was gonna come back around every year, and so yeah. if you had another few another few minutes, you you would get a, a look to be on Comview again. And my Comview breakout was really not a set. Somebody, and I met the I met the girl later on. She had edited 
like six minute Rodney Perry greatest hits. Wow. And she edited them clips together and and it, it aired at the at the top of one of the shows, like maybe the season after you was talking about after after Ricky. Uh, yeah. Uh, after Caliente. Yeah, maybe after that. And that's when I started working. Like, like I was I was hustling and grinding, but that's when people start calling. I want that dude that was on Comview. I want that dude, you know. I remember. And, you, I remember. and that that the that money became. was way better back in the day. I can remember when when you started picking up, when you started going. It was around those times too, and I guess the old four, the old five. Yeah, two thousand two plus. Yeah, yeah around that. That Caliente was on too. Yeah. So that was a breakout because. I did Chicago, and Michael Collier was in the audience, and Michael Collier was like, dude, you changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> and that, to have a legend tell you that from Chicago in Chicago. Wow. And, and see, I'm from Chicago, but I'm not a Chicago comic. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I was in the, the military. I was in the, I was in the Bay Area. I was in New Orleans. Uh, so I really, you know, Chicago comics was like, who is this? You know, when I started hitting TV, they're like, who is this dude? This dude ain't no, who he say he's from Chicago. And so that Caliente made me legitimate in Chicago. Yeah. That Caliente, because cause I got a chance to, and I remember I wore a suede leather, a suede jacket with a matching hat. With keys in your pocket. A lot of keys in your pocket. I never had no keys in my pocket. What is that story we did the interview? You said you had these well, heavy keys. Oh, that was just one time. No, no, so uh, this, 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 this comedian... Pocket. Uh, Tony Royster. So, I, you know, the Bay Area is really my comedy home. So I'm on stage in the Bay doing my that's thing. Your, that's, your. that's my comedy home. That's why I grew up. My, me, Kat, Lunell, we was all in the same group together. Wow. And uh, Daniel Dugar, uh, you know, that, that them my yeah. peer group, you know. And so Tony Royster saw me on stage, and I had a bunch of shit in my pockets. And I came over, he said, man, what the, what's all that shit in your pocket? Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to get my keys. He said, nigga, you got too much. This shit's distracting. Get that shit out your pocket. And to this day, I'm I'm never on stage with anything in my pocket. Wow. You Look, know. well, I guess this is also an important question. Shit, who, like, was the biggest influence in your career? Inside of comedy or outside of comedy? Uh, yeah, family man. Like, I don't, I don't give a damn who go first. Sad to see yeah. it. I'm finna get out of here. Uh, biggest influence for us, like, a lot of comedians blow up. The person I watch get it from the bottom to the top of their Duval. Yeah. I watch. I yeah. came in in 0102. Duval was kicking up his dust. And he just did it all the way to the toy. He is not playing yeah. them, you know. He, he's, he's definitely a self made guy. Yeah, like, man. we got a chance to watch him. He was, he was one of the first black comedians that took advantage of the internet. Yeah, man. Right. Even yeah. before Kevin. Yeah. You know. It just, once, it just Duval. If Duval would had the white boy behind him like Kevin, she'd be up out of there, man. You know, just but like I it. think I, you know, I was say this that Duval self made relative. Relative is, I mean, it's like making it is relative. Like I think Duval got everything he ever wanted. Yeah, yeah, you know, I can honestly, say that. I mean, he yeah, he yeah. he really got everything he ever wanted. So you can't evaluate if you if you like the if the barometer is Kevin Hart, 
That's great, but you just don't know what people want. Like some people might just want to be a, a working comedian. Yeah, and I've talked to some who only want to do that. They don't even want to blow up. They just want to do the regular thing, get booked on shows. That's it. Every, I, to me, I always tell people this. I know I'm still young in the game, but everybody mission is different in this shit. Mm -hmm. Everybody mission is different. Everybody ain't made to be on TV. Every comedian can't be an actor. Every yeah. actor can't be a comedian. Yeah, that's for sure. You know what I'm saying? What you want out of this is totally different from me. Same about it's, it's different. And so, so, so many people get caught up in that shit. We all comedians. I got to take from you and this, that, and that. I, for me, I don't believe in that. You know, I'm over here motivational speaking, doing a returning Cleo, right? Doing all this extra stuff. Not have people try to pull me to the side. All that shit don't matter. Well, your mission is different. True enough. I do believe you have to focus, though. Yeah, that's like, true, too. Like, I do believe you have to focus your energy on whatever your goal is. Yes. You got to be singly focused. You got to do your research. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we are all multiple gifted. We're gifted yes. in a lot of different areas. But I think that you have to kind of focus Choose one thing, focus, and then your other gifts will, 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 will get used inside of that, inside yeah. of your bigger gift. I always say comedy is my transportation to my destination. I always say that. Comedy is my number one. I don't give a fuck about nothing. Though. I, I ain't got no plan B. I'm going to stand up comedian. I will act around that shit, but that's the extra shit. I'm going to stand up comedian. That's that. that. Yeah, for, for, me, for me, I realized pretty early that stand if I up. wanted black people to come see me live, that they needed to see me on TV or a movie. And that's when I started to 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 make acting a part of my that's why my run. Yeah. yeah. You know, we talked about it. I said I gotta do something. Yeah. You know, some of the first You can things, act. You know, you you he he did. he did my short film and I was like, I like Kate, let me find out. Yeah, Kate Love can act. Yeah, man. Oh there, yeah. yeah. That's why I was on I was on my but my goal was just strictly and it still is stand up. Mm -hmm. I, at the end of the movies I wanna focus it right back on that stand up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's like being a a, a fighter. I want to brawl. Like I want to, I want to, I want to be in that ring. What do you know now that you didn't know fifteen years ago, comedically? Comedically? Oh shit! Yeah, it's gonna be here now, nigga. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, what I what I, comedically? Um, fuck. What I didn't, what I know now that I didn't know years ago. Or better question, what would you tell young K-Dub? Keep your mouth shut. Just, just. Let's <laughs> just say to him, dog. Surrender shit. Let him go. Let him go. Let him go. Don't say. Just shut the fuck. <laughs> you'll grab, you'll talk to him, you'll pull him to the side. You know what? I wouldn't even touch him. Yeah, mm -hmm. I would just really just really just try to find out where he be and where he hang at and just get up on them real quick. Yeah, and then just try to lead him. Yeah, lead him somewhere. Because yeah, that talking wasn't gonna do it. Yeah, if I had anything to do over, I would. If I had anything, and and you know, I don't have no regrets. But I, I love my career. I got a great Me too. career. I love that shit. Uh, but if I had anything to do over, I would have serenaded the mainstream sooner. You know, like. You know, when you're a black comic, and I'm 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 the quintessential black comic, you know. But black comedy has made me famous, and I've watched mainstream or white comedy make cats rich. And you know, you can't say that you can't do this and not say you wouldn't like to be rich. Yeah, 
you know, you can't, you know, and, and people, means people come see you and enjoy what you're doing, you know what I mean? And get to hear you and get to hear you do you do your thing, your thug this one that's that. I just always felt like, on the mainstream, I always felt like, with the mainstream, I felt like somebody else controlled your career. And then with this thing, like, you know, I ain't never drove no, not to brag, I ain't never drove no nice cars, I ain't never, I don't always live nice, I ain't never been, I ain't never asked nobody for nothing. That's on the black, I feel like I was on the, on any other circle, I had to watch my mouth. I had to Indeed. listen to people. So now I guess I'm 30, I'm gonna be 38, I guess I can listen to somebody. I can focus, but at then, I didn't want to attack the mainstream that early because I knew I could only get away with some of this shit I'm doing over right. here. <laughs> right, right, even right. That, I even with me knowing that, I, I, I knew that. I, right. I, I mean, like I don't know that. So now at 30, I could stand, I could stand and just... You know, let people walk by. Yes, sir. So, that mainstream thing, I'm looking at it now. Right. I'm looking over at it. You know, seeing do I want to put my dabble over there. Because I still don't know what it is. Yeah. I still ain't seen... I still ain't seen the mainstream turn out nobody for real. But I think, I think this. I think once you know who you are, that whether it's mainstream or... Black, whatever it, it don't matter because you you're, you're undeniably you, you know what I'm saying. So as you're undeniably you, and you understand how to be you in front of everybody. I, early on, I didn't even know how to perform in front of white people. Oh, oh. I remember getting a showcase in L.A. and it was all white people. Audience. I said I was up there about about ninety seconds. I was like, you know what? I don't know what to say to you, white folks. I'm gonna go wow. <laughs> and left. 